Forgotten History is presented by State Farm. Getting great car or home insurance from State Farm at a surprisingly great rate? Well, that's just like talking the biggest names in NFL history and hearing their untold stories. It's the real deal. So choose insurance that always brings its A-game. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know, here on the East Coast and really across the country, McDonald's isn't just a global restaurant, it's a local one as well. Just like how the guests on this show aren't just major Hall of Fame athletes, they're stars and celebrities, but people that work inside each of their communities. McDonald's are owned and operated by people who live in those communities. And when you eat at McDonald's, you're actually supporting American businesses, maybe even your neighbor's business. The McDonald's franchises also care about the communities that they live and work in. They give back by helping first responders and of course supporting local Ronald McDonald charity chapters. When you own a McDonald's, you are committed to serving the community where you do business. McDonald's serving here. See, I told you that we could get a good story out of Crabtree. Come on, yeah, baby. I, that's that's gonna be your born, that's gonna be your born as part of the interview, Trey. I told you I ain't gonna talk about that shit. Hey everybody, Trey Wingo here. Welcome into another edition of Half Forgotten History. By this time, you know the drill. I sit down with a cocktail from our good friends at Maker's Mark and talk to some of the greatest players in the NFL about some of the greatest moments in the game. And we are delighted to be joined today by one of the guys who was one of my favorite players as I watched him play all those years, whether it was with the Bucks, the Patriots, the Broncos, or the Rams, and even a brief stint for the Miami Dolphins. First round, 20th overall by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of Kansas. Cornerback, Akeeb Tlaib. Akeeb, how you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good, Trey. Appreciate you having me on. Man, it is a delight to, to talk to you again. I've always enjoyed our interactions. You came up one year at ESPN. We had a, we had a fun day at, at the studios that day. But I, I gotta say, as a kid who was taken out of Kansas in the first round in 2008, did you ever think that guy would end up be calling NFL games on a regular basis for <laughs> for a network? Because I got to say, I did not see that coming. I didn't, Trey. I didn't. Uh, it's kind of just it kind of just came about. You know, I, uh, I always did like NFL Network and ESPN and stuff, man, I guess because, you know, I'm a social guy, you know, you know what I'm saying I always my oh, name, yeah. my name comes up when those kind of things come up. But I never thought that I do an NFL game, man. Let me tell you how I came about. Uh, I, I, I started working with United Talent Agency, and then they just, you know, they kind of start asking questions. You know say, would you like to do it? I'm, you know, I say yeah to everything. So yeah, 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 I tried out. Next thing you know, it's the pandemic, and they was calling like, hey, you got an audition for Fox to do the commentary. So I did a, uh, me and Kevin Burkhart, we called the San Fran and the Saints game. We called the first half of that game over Zoom. Right. So I, I guess I did good enough to get on the real game. So eh, that's how I came about. The, the, now, I'm just curious, because as a, as, a, as a cornerback, obviously preparation is key and you got to yeah. know your tendencies and all that kind of stuff. Did any of that translate into calling a game? How did that or did it not happen at all? Oh, definitely, man. It was it was exactly like getting ready for a real game. But uh, instead of just watching Washington's offense or Detroit's offense. I had to watch Washington offense, Detroit offense, Washington defense. So it really was more, it really was a lot more film watching than getting ready for a regular game because it was more information that I had to retain. You know what I'm saying? So definitely a lot of studying, man. I got the game about 10 days before I did it. And it was exactly like the the, the same in number of, of hours that I put in as if I was going to play. 
Well, listen, I, I listened to that game and I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to your continued success on there. Appreciate and, and, it. You know, for people that aren't familiar for, that aren't familiar with your story, I mean, there's been a lot in the Akib Talib story in Definitely. the NFL. You you've gone through some stuff, uh, you know, and and how has all of that, you know, some and it's been well documented some of the issues that have happened. How did all that help you get to where you are right now? Uh, man, you you it's it's you, man. It's the stuff that you go through. That's what make you you. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a it's a reason why Mike Tyson is a ferocious boxer because the stuff that's how he grew up. It's the stuff that he went through in his life. You know what I'm saying? So it's part of you, man. Uh, it's it's I didn't plan it. It ain't, it ain't like when I was 12, I said, all right, when when I'm 18, I'm gonna get a burglary charge. And when I'm like, <laughs> you don't plan this stuff, Trey. You just live, man. Yeah. You live and you learn. So, man, I think everything that I went through is uh. It just helps you. It helps you grow as a person. It helps you become who you are. It's a story of perseverance. Because as you said, there was the burglary charge. There's a gun charge. There's all this kind of stuff. How did that, like the background that you came from, because not everybody comes out of that background. And the locker right. room is a really unique place, right? Because you get people from all different places in society. Definitely. How did how difficult was that to acclimate to people that didn't understand where you came from and where the things in your neighborhood that sort of happened didn't happen in other people's neighborhoods? Uh, it was, it was, it was not hard at all, man. I, the one thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be, I keep to leave no matter what the good things God blessed me with, man. He made me a social person, man. You could put me in a room with anybody. People going to leave out that room. Like he a pretty good dude, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's, that's just, that's one of my talents. That's just one of my skills that God blessed me with Trey. that, man, I could, I could communicate. I could hang out with anybody and I could just vibe with anybody, man. So when I got around people who really didn't understand where I was from, you know, I, I help them better understand. And I ask questions about where they from and I make the situation cool. For those that don't know, Akib Talib, the name is interesting. Akib means the last one in Arabic and your last mm -hmm. name Talib means student. So yep. how much did you want to absorb all these things and all these different uh, people that you've been around? And how did it change how you looked at things? Man, it's crazy. It's crazy, Trey. We, I'm big on names. Like I name my kids meanings of names. I like, I feel like, that shit matter, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's come to fruition. That's how I feel. And, and just so happened, my mom named me Stuten. She, she, our, our last name means Stuten. And it just so happened that I love football. And man, it's, I'm a real student of, of the game, man. I still learn, I still, I still learn stuff to this day. I still always watch it. I watch all the games on Sundays. I'm a huge fan of it. And uh, like you said, my first name means the last one. I'm the youngest child. I'm the, I'm the baby. I got a big brother, two big sisters. I'm the baby. I actually named my, my son, my son, uh, my youngest son, his name is Jabari Akib. So he supposed to be the last one. <laughs> we'll see. You never we'll know. See. You'll we'll never, know. never know. You'll never know. So, never sometimes know. things come up that you're not expecting. Yeah, I will say your backdrop is one of the best we've ever had. For those not uh, seeing it, he's got his uh, he's got his Bucks jersey, he's got his Patriots jersey, uh, he's got his Broncos jersey, and he's got his Ram jersey. So Definitely. you spent your first four plus seasons in Tampa Bay, but you really took off when you went to New England. And what I remember most about your time in New England was you had two injuries in two AFC Championship games yep. that really changed the dynamic of those games. For people it that don't did. understand. When you, uh, the Patriots were hosting the Ravens uh, in the AFC Championship game with the right to go to Super Bowl 47, and you got hurt. And once you got hurt, 
the entire defense changed for New England. And Joe Flacco, who was not having much success at all in that game, right. suddenly found a way to carve up that defense. Man, I, I, I remember that game like it was yesterday, Trey. I remember that whole week. So I had I could feel this little tightness in my hamstring all the way up, like right below my butt. I could feel it. So I'm like, man, I'm going to try not to practice too hard. Hopefully it can go away. It was just in there. I kind of knew. I didn't know it was going to go, but I'm thinking, like, it's high up. You know, usually higher hamstrings, you could you could, you could, could fight through them, right? So uh, we had a great game plan that week, man. I was following Anquan Bolden. It was one of the Bill Belichick specials, man. We was doing stuff like, I'm in man-to-man on Anquan Bolden no matter what. So if he go in the slot and, and Coach uh, and Coach Bill call, Coach Matty P call, cover two. All right, I had to know, like, all right, I'm in a spot that's usually, you know what I'm saying, hook the curl. But I'm playing man-to-man, so I know I got help right here to the flat. I had help deep, but I just got to stay tight on Anquan Bowden. So, man, we had some stuff that I never did before, man. I loved the game plan. We played the first quarter. It was working to perfection, right? Uh-huh. And then one time they threw him a little fade. I, it was easily covered, man. He, he was I was in front of him. I had a better chance at the ball than him. And I kind of stretched out to go get that interception. And, boom, I felt my hamstring, man. So... I remember that game like it was yesterday, man. And then the same thing, the, the following year, uh, I had the the, the task of guarding Demaris Thomas, left to right. Right. And, and I think that started off pretty good. And then once I got hurt, Demaris Thomas went crazy that game. And then the year before, Anquan Bolden ended up going crazy that game, man. Uh, but just unfortunate situations. But, you know, it, it, it landed me in Denver and then landed me to, with Peyton and Super Bowl. So, man, like I say, everything happened for a reason. Like you said, it was it was my coming out party was New England. Now I think my coming out party should have been Tampa. I mean, I left Tampa. Think about this, Trey. Not to get off subject real quick, but no, no, no. I left Tampa with damn sixteen interceptions, four years, sixteen interceptions, two touchdowns. Like you do that anyway. If I if I go to New England and my first year I get four picks, next year I get five picks, next year I get six picks, the next year I get two picks and two touchdowns. Like. You're going to be all prone and you're going to be a big time, big deal if you do that in New York right. or if you do that for the Patriots or, you know what I'm saying, the Ravens. If you do that for one of them teams, it just so happened. I did it for the Bucks. We was blacked out locally. We couldn't even get on local TV, right? Like I still used to be able to go back to my neighborhood and people didn't even know I was in NFL. That's how low key the Bucks <laughs> was. I'm like, damn, I'm, I prayed all this, all these years, Trey, I prayed to go to the NFL. Now I'm here. Yeah. And I can go back home and motherfuckers don't even know I'm in the NFL, right? <laughs> I went first round, Trey. How much did that change when you went to New England and you're with Belichick, who, by the way, defensive genius. I mean, how quickly did you realize it's different here? It's different here. Immediately, man. I, from the locker room, the media used to be 20 people in there for, for the Bucks, 40 people in there for the for the uh, Patriots. Like, just everything, man. I go to, I go to, I tell the story all the time. I go to Dunkin' Donuts. And I go in and God like, oh, shit, it's okay to leave, man. What can I get you, man? So, you know, I'm just playing around. It's just me me and my wife, maybe my kids at home. But I'm like, man, it's, I got a bunch of people in town from the game, man. I was coming to order like 30 sandwiches. You going to do that? He said, hell yeah, man, let's get them up. Gave me 30 sandwiches for free out of Dunkin' Donuts. It was just, <laughs> just little stuff like that, man. It was like, I go home and they was like, hey, bro, we seen you on TV. I got TV games. And the first game I played in was one of the 430 games, the game of the week. You know what I'm saying? So on TV every week, man, it was like, it was like my introduction to the, 
the real the real NFL, honestly. All right, so you, you're in a unique position in, in NFL history here because you played with Tom Brady, who many consider the GOAT. Then you go to Denver and you play with Peyton Manning, who retired with a lot of the records that have since been broken. From, from your perspective, going up against them in practice and dealing with them, what are the similarities between Peyton and Tom and what are the big differences? I say the similarities is definitely the leadership, man, the, the accountability. The, the, those guys think they, they play football like we're going to live and die on my performance, you know what I'm saying, which really is the truth, you know what I'm saying? But right. they play football like that, man. They prepare like that. They really like coaches, man. You can really mistake those guys. Like if my son came up there, he's seven, eight, seven years old, and he just hung out for a while. He would probably mistake one of those guys for one of the coaches on, on how they handle themselves, how they, you know, how they just prepare, how they, how you, you see us hanging out in the locker room. You barely see Tom hanging out in the locker room or paying like they don't really hang. They in meeting rooms, they studying. They, you almost mistake those guys for a coach, man. And that's what I think they real similar. It's like everything is football to them. It's like their whole life is football. You know what I'm saying? For those guys or was football for, for paying. But uh, I say, and I say the differences is, Tommy a little more to himself. You know what I'm saying? He he vibe in the locker room and stuff. Maybe if you go to Mr. Kraft house or, or, or those kind of events, maybe you'll hang out with, with Tom outside of, you know, football, outside of the locker room. But paying is more, you'll get a random text, bing. Hey, we got a date at the casino tonight. Uh, if, 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 don't sit, don't tell nobody else about this text. If you got it, you invited, not everybody else. Or ooh, you'll get there, it'll be the whole starting defense, whole starting offense, and pay and put something together. It's like he more social, he more like you know what I'm saying, team. I don't I want I don't want to say Tom is not like a team guy, you know what I'm saying? Tom a, a a perfect teammate, a great teammate. But as far as like off the field, hanging out and stuff, that's Peyton. That's where Peyton come in. So I say that's the biggest difference between them two guys. Tom was more of a standoff guy, and Peyton was more of a, of a man of the people. And, and I don't saying? really, and I don't even want it to come off like as, as like standoff. Like you know, what I'm saying it's just that's his personality. Yeah, and that's social and jokey. Like Peyton is just going joke all day, man. It's it, people who never met him, man. He's probably the most witty guy I ever met. You say something, he always has something to come back with immediately, man. So. He's just more, you know, you know, more social guy, more, you know what I'm saying? Want to be around the crowd a little bit more. He was more like Aqib Tlaib, is yeah, what we're saying. Because yeah, you're yeah. a social guy, which we've established here, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay, so we've gone through your career, but time to take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk about that incredible run in 2015 with the Denver Broncos and how crazy that defense was that you guys put together. We'll get to that after this short break. Here at Half Forgotten History, our surprisingly great conversations are brought to you by State Farm. State Farm agents provide personalized service so you can customize your insurance to fit your needs, like our Hall of Fame guests choosing the perfect never-before-told story to share with our listeners. Look, you need a team that supports you and gets you, and State Farm's got a great one. In addition to agents, the award-winning mobile app helps manage coverage, pay bills, file claims, and more. With a great price and even greater service, State Farm goes from strength to strength. Choose insurance that always brings its A-game. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Now it's time for the Surprisingly Great Story, sponsored by State Farm. State Farm gets you surprisingly great rates. So when you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Back with you on Half Forgotten History. Uh, Keeb Tlaib is with us. Time for a surprisingly great story. So 
you have the success in Denver your first year, but you guys flame out in the playoffs. And then it's 2015, and Peyton is struggling that year. It's obvious to everybody. And the defense decides we got to step up. And that was the no-fly zone with you and Strap Harris, Bradley Roby, uh, TJ Ward, Darian Stewart. You guys were monsters back there. When in that season did you realize, hey, if we're going to do what we need to do, the defense is going to have to play at a different level? You know, going into the season, we we already wanted to be the best. We felt like we had, we felt like we had all the boxes checked, man. We had a player at every position who could potentially be an all pro or a pro bowler. You know what I'm saying? And that's how we felt the whole offseason, OTAs, everything. So then we on top of that, we had Demaris Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Peyton Manny. Like we like, shit, we finna win a chip. We thought we was gonna win a chip because we like our, our defense is. Finally, and we had Wade. We had a new coordinator, man. He was kind of more of our speed, what we wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Me and Chris, we wanted to play man. Me and Roby, we wanted to play man and blitz and play man and then get off and look at the quarterback and sit on some shit and break. So that's what we had. That's what we had with Wade. So, man, we like, man, we love the defense. We love our players. We love the personnel. Now we can match that up with what Peyton them got going on offense. We just, oh, yeah, this is going to be a 15-1. and We finna win the Super Bowl. Early in the year, Peyton got injured. It was his plant foot. So he couldn't plant on that plant foot. He was throwing everything from all body, throwing, throwing footballs. Everything was short. Everything was light. So once we started that year, Peyton wasn't playing as good, but our defense was going crazy. We never doubted it. We like, man, all right, Brock a good backup if Peyton go down. Or if Peyton play like this, we still can win. Because that year, Peyton was still making all kind of throws. He was The fourth quarter was regular Peyton. One, two, and three was was kind of banged up Peyton. But if you go to look at any of those games, the Chiefs, the Browns, any of those games, man, he making plays in the fourth quarter. The Ravens, he making plays in the fourth quarter to win us games, man. And and that's what we looked at, man. We like, man, as long as Peyton can make these plays in the fourth and our defense play like this, we got a chance, man. So so we felt it in the offseason. And then you sort of you're, you're riding with Brock. And then Peyton comes off the bench in week 17 because you needed yeah. that win to secure yeah. home field advantage and you guys were down. Peyton comes in and gives you that lift and all of a sudden it's like, hey, I think we're going to be okay. Right, right, man. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, Brock might have threw five picks in the first half of that game. It wasn't good. No, no less than four. It was at least four. It might be five interceptions that he threw in the first half of that game, man. So it was like, damn. We need to win this game. We need this home field. You know what I'm saying? Period. Whether it's the whether we got to go to Pittsburgh, we already went to Pittsburgh that year and lost, or we got to go to New England. I don't know. I don't know what the seeding was, but we like, man, we need them to come here and play us. So that game was super important. We was playing pretty good on defense. Man, Payne came in and that was that was probably one of the best games live that I seen Payton play. Man, he just came in. He was hurt. He was he was healthy, but he still was kind of hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he just came in and he definitely looked like the sheriff that game, man. Brought us back. Huge game. Got us that first seed, man. And, and everything else was on the table. So that sets up the AFC championship game that year in Denver. And Akeem, I don't think I've ever seen a game in which Tom Brady took a bigger beating than in that contest. You guys wore him out. You took him to the ground a bunch of times, but you hit him time after time. Mm-hmm. And, and as you well know, you hit any quarterback long enough, they're going to make mistakes. You threw the interception where he overthrew Gronk. Gronk. Von Miller picked it off, got close to a, to a touchdown there that set you guys up. When did you guys know in that game we were just physically going to beat these guys up? That was the plan. That was our plan all week, man. We either was 
blitzing a guy, uh, running some type of stunt up front and playing man, or we was dropping everybody and packing the middle. So we made all of them look the same. Man, that was that was one of my favorite game plans as far as, man, we taking away what these guys want to do. That was brilliant by Coach Wade, man. It was, we loved that. And then the interception by Vaughn was, he, it might have been, it might as well have been Wade Phillips on the field getting that interception, man. It's, <laughs> he drew it up. He drew it up exactly. He said, when he yeah. see this, he going to do this. You know what I'm saying? When, when he do this, you drop out, you drop outside, he throw you the football. Boom. It happened just like Wade said it was going to happen, man. And that, that AFC Championship game, that probably was, that probably was my funnest football game. Funner than the Super Bowl. Just because we handled them in the Super Bowl, man. We, we, we weren't even close, yeah. really. We, we, we didn't even, our confidence going into that game, we knew, we knew. We was, the offense played cool, man. We're going to blow these dudes out. Because they, they just wasn't doing enough. But since our AFC Championship game, man, the vibe in the stadium, the, I mean, that was the first time of the whole season, AFC Championship game, that our, our stadium had a defense. Defense. It was nuts, Trey. I'm talking about. I was like, oh, shit. I, it, it's even video. I'm like, man, y'all feel that? Feel that? It's like, <laughs> feel that energy. It's like, man, it was, that definitely was the the hype, the most hype I've been for a game, man. Then was Tom Brady, huge game, man. He had his weapons. He had Gronk. He had Edelman. You know what I'm saying? It was big on big, and, and we came out with that win, man. It was definitely, by far, the funnest, most intense, most competitive football game I've ever been a part of. And then there's that chant they always say, incomplete, every time right. there's a pass yeah. that's See, incomplete. We hear, that. we hear that all year. Yeah. Yeah. See, you get to the Super Bowl, and it's against the Carolina Panthers, almost ran the table 15-1. and Cam's the MVP. They have the number one scoring offense, and I think the number one statistical offense in the NFL that year, and you guys clamped them down. What, what right. made you so confident with, with playing that offense that had been so great all year that you knew you were going to be able to control those guys? They hung they had on running the football, right? They was just overpowering everybody and and making you play man and you know, just overpowering people, man. And uh shit, we had the number two rush defense, number one, two, or three. It was top three. We had the number two rush defense in the in the league. So we weren't really worried about it. we had, you know, guys like Wolf and Malik and Danny Trevathan. Like we weren't worried about nobody bullying us. You Stu had and dogs. You we had, had real dogs. dogs. Like you say, so yeah, nobody gonna come bully us for sure. And that's what they offense was built on, just coming to bully people. So we was we was super confident, man. They pass game was was, you know what I'm saying? It was it, it was okay. It was it was throw the ball downfield, run, 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 take some shots downfield. Some RPO slant routes and stuff, man. If you play man, you you can handle them. So we thought our matchup against them was probably the best in the league, man. We got a, a, a we bullies on defense. We got corners who could play man all day long, and we just loved our matchup against them, man. We we never felt like we really they really ran like twelve to fifteen plays total. Like we could really sit here and memorize you guys' plays and. And we did that on, on, on the game, man. Some players you can see like, hey, toss left. DeMarcus, we're almost stand up and go all the way outside and just wait for the toss. They throw the toss. He make a tackle for loss. So, man, it was like they had some formations and stuff that you did nothing else out of. They weren't, they run one play at, one play out of this formation and, and they did it all year and they killed everybody. But we had guys, we had a veteran group who was going to study and know those looks. And man, and we, like I said, we was bullies on defense ourselves, man. So we were super confident about that matchup. 
So, so you win that Super Bowl, and then you follow Wade when he becomes the defensive coordinator uh, for the Rams under Sean McVay. And you guys seem to have a really cool relationship, the two of you, because you had Sean McVay, who's like, you know, four as the head coach. You had Wade <laughs> Phillips, who's like 90 as the defensive <laughs> coordinator. What is it about your relationship with Wade? Because you guys just seem to hit it off. I just love his style, man. His style of coaching, man. He's he's not worried about all the extra stuff, man. He he makes guys run to the ball. He te- he, te- he teach you to play a way that that I teach my kids to play, man. You hustle, play fast. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about making mistakes. The mistakes is the coaches. If you make a mistake, it's the coaches fault. You know what I'm saying? It's just the way he don't he don't, he don't have Akeem Talib playing cover four or cover three or you know what I'm saying? He don't have. Uh, Marcus Peters playing man all day. You know what I'm saying? We switched right. up our we switched up our scheme. When we had Marcus Peters and me, he found the scheme that was that could let both of us do what we good at. You know what I'm saying? Sit back, look at the quarterback, and get interceptions. So when he had me and Chris and Roby, he used to let us get on the line and play man all day, man. So I think it's his style of coaching that I really love, and and, and it's how he treats his players. Well, obviously, you it, just hearing you talk about how he dialed up that 2015 AFC Championship game, the level of respect is right there. So I, I know you don't want to talk about it, but I got to ask, what was it with you and Crab? What was it that not once, not, I nicknamed you two chains after that, man. You knacked that thing <laughs> twice, not once, but twice. What was it? I don't know, man. It's just, you know, it's a lot of noise talking in the game. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, a lot of situations come up. We from the same city. We both from Dallas, man. We know each other outside of, outside of the NFL. So, you know, man, it's just it's some locker room stuff, man. Some guys wanted it off his neck in the locker room. So, man, it's it's just a, some stuff that happened, man. It's, it, we in the entertainment business, Trey, right? Yes, and it was, it was very entertaining. entertaining. Yes. It was entertaining. It's just so, entertaining so me, the crowd, man. Wait, so, so let me get this straight. There were guys in the locker room that said, man, you need to take that chain. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, that that. I, don't, I, don't, I don't tell too much. I don't, I don't put no, no, guys no. out there like that, Trey. But yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was some guys who that chain had to come off and leave. Leave was there, so leave yeah. had to do it. No, listen, somebody had to step up, and you stepped up. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's uh, I, I never, I, I never meet somebody, or I ain't saying I just met you, but I, I never met somebody and not been asked about that. I yeah. get asked well, about you know, that it, more than a Super Bowl, Trey. Well, listen, it, we have a Super Bowl every year. We don't have a guy knacking somebody's chain twice. <laughs> so, I mean, it's more rare than the Super Bowl. So, yeah. if you could go back and give your your 2008 Akib Tlaib as a, as a kid right out of Kansas yeah. getting drafted, knowing all that you know now and all the things you've done in your career, what would you say to yourself? I'd say 2008 Leib. Have less friends, bro. Focus on yourself more. Don't 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 worry about taking care of your family and your friends, because in 2020, you gonna notice you you ain't gonna care about taking care of your family and your friends as much. So don't worry about your family and your friends. By you doing your thing, you taking care of your family and your friends. Don't worry about. Don't focus on that as much. That's a hard lesson, right? Definitely, definitely a hard lesson, man. It's, it's real. It's real, man. You. You, you put yourself in different situations just because, you know what I'm saying, you're trying to take care of those guys. Yeah. Well, listen, man, as I said, I always loved you as a player because I knew that when Aki was on the field, you were going to get something out of him. If you were banged up or whatever, whatever you had in the tank, you were going to leave it on the field. And that yeah. is why I always respected you as a player. And we've talked a bunch since you stopped playing. 
I've enjoyed every one of our conversations. I know you got a couple of podcasts you're doing. Tell me about those. Definitely. Uh, we got so got a deal we doing, man. We're going to roll it out with uh, with Colin Coward. It's called Catching Fades. That should be coming here soon. And then uh, Call to the Booth is my podcast I'm doing right now. Me and Harrison Sanford, man, we got Call to the Booth going. You can check that out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, man, YouTube. You want to see the videos and all that, man. So Call to the Booth, Catching Fades, man. Check us out. And you're starting a new, uh, what, training camp or something? Uh, camp for to help people with DBs? Is that what you're doing too? Well, no. Well, well I'm going to start. I, I do a little stuff a little bit now. I think since now i got more time, a lot more people is asking. Uh, definitely, man. I'm going to help teach these DBs how to – I'm a real plan on how to play man coverage, man. It's, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how many guys in the NFL right now, Trey. They don't have no plan when they get to the line, man. So, you know, pull up to Dallas, man. I got the gym. A plus D1 is my gym out here. I mean, we got great trainers here, man. Great strength and conditioning trainers, man. We run a great program here. And uh, myself, I'm going to be helping a lot more, man, with the DBs. So, man, look forward to that. Well, listen, I watch every game, and I can see a lot of corners that need help playing man. There's no, hey. there's no question about that. And they, can lead, learn, baby. Yeah, they could learn from someone like you. Hey, always good chopping up with you, brother. Thanks for coming on the show, and I wish you all the best going forward. I look forward to hearing you on more games, okay? Appreciate it, Trey. Appreciate it, Trey. Y'all take care. That'll do it for this edition of Half Forgotten History. Our thanks to Aqib Tlaib for joining us, and he was Aqib Tlaib in every way. That's why we wanted him on the show. So to show our appreciation for him joining us, we're sending a check in his name to Ronald McDonald House, thanking him for his time. And thanks to Maker's Mark. Remember, pour yourself into everything you do and reach for a bourbon with that personal touch. In fact, why don't we raise a glass to Aqib Tlaib and everybody else right now for those incredible athletes telling us these remarkable stories. And remember, Maker's Mark crafts their bourbon carefully. All they ask is that you enjoy it the same way. Coming up next week, arguably the greatest beard in terms of facial hair in the history of the NFL, longtime center Jeff Saturday.